Welcome back to Hey on Track Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the greatest club in the galaxy, no doubt about it. Uh, I am Chris here in Detroit, Michigan. Um, Brian is out today. Matt is out. Nathan is out. All the usuals are out. So I'm going to call another one off the bench tonight. I don't have to go far for this one. Just a couple miles up the road. Uh, my good friend Garrett here in Detroit. Garrett, how you doing tonight? Chris, my friend, I'm honored to be here. It's a Friday. Normally, I'd say it's a match day eve um, for our dear Adler, but a week off from it, I suppose, is good to recharge, but I can't ask for a better way to enjoy this Friday. You know, I think we all needed the break, <laughs> not just on the podcast front, but uh, Frankfurt was running their legs out the last few weeks, and um, it started to show at times a bit, but the two weeks off here between matches is a really good thing for everybody, for the players, for the podcasters, everybody involved. Um, for those that don't know, I'll introduce you to Garrett uh, a little bit. He's a contributor to the 451 podcast, the Detroit City FC podcast. Uh, he's an Oldham follower. He's a Crystal Palace Eagle. Uh, the Eagle runs deep in him, I guess. Garrett, tell us how you got interested in Eintracht Frankfurt and football in general. Um, football was something like before I went to college was always something I'd keep an eye on every four years for the World Cup. Um, 2006 World Cup Germany was the summer before I went to college um, up at Central Michigan. Fire up chips, please, tomorrow. Oh, wait, they're at Penn State. Never mind. Um, You're screwed. <laughs> yeah, totally. Absolutely. Uh, but during that year, um, somebody, a um, friend of mine, Ryan Thomas, who still chat with once in a while on the dorms, had FIFA 07 and the lounge. So starting to play that regularly got me hooked into football. Um, and back then it was only um, ESPN and ESPN2 maybe would have the Champions League matches every Tuesday and Wednesday. So you were basically known to those top teams. Uh, but what got me really started to start paying attention to Frankfurt, it didn't start the commitments was, I think it was around World Cup 2008, uh, World Cup 2010, where I was looking, just randomly checking some photos. And I found a photo of Joachim Lowe during his playing days um, when he was with Eintracht Frankfurt wearing the um, orange and black kit from, I believe, the 81-82 season. I think it was their third That's kit. A great kit. Um, mustache and all. He lo- You know, it looked like... If there was a German super trooper, that would have been Joachim Lowe in that photo. Um, but the Frank, so my now I started really digging into those Frankfurt teams of the past, like the eighty, you know, the eighty UEFA Cup team: Grabowski, Korbel, Bruno Petzi, Nick, uh, Bernd Nickel, um, Ronald Borchers, and those guys. Um, and back then, it was Alex Meyer still had really, really short hair. Felidas um, Gekas up top. Um, and so, but I was, I love German football as a whole. Um, I have a lot of German, like Central European roots, Slavic, Serbian, Polish, and Austrian. So the Abseits Guide to German Soccer was something I would check on weekends when they would block review. That was when Klopp's Dortmund teams were really playing well. Um, so it was just a fun time to fall in the league. And when I made my decision in England to be a Crystal Palace fan and a soft spot for Oldham, I found out that my friend who hooked me on there, who was from Oldham originally, um, before they moved to the United States in the late 90s, they lived in Frankfurt, um, and they were Eintracht Frankfurt fans. So that happened to be Frankfurt Dortmund, fall of 2016, was on at Hamlin Pub, Rochester, when they were watching Swansea Crystal Palace. And that was the year, first year with the white and black stripes, uh, red sock, Kronbacher kits. Um, and that was like the beginning, the back-to-back Pokal finals. Um, by week time, we got to the 2018-2019 season. I had made my commitment that I'll be an Eintracht Frankfurt fan. Um, went over uh, end of January and February 2020 for three matches. Uh, 1-1 draw at Fortuna Dusseldorf. Uh, Chandler and stoppage time there. A Frankfurt 3-1 Pokal win over Leipzig, which was one of the absolute it's definitely the best international football experience I've had. Um, and then a 5-0 Frankfurt win over Augsburg on a Friday night, to which Chris offered to give me the first $50 to stay there a bit longer. But thank, but um, <laughs> I'm glad but, you came home when you did. Because <laughs> um, a month later, this uh, crazy little thing called COVID happened. Um, but 
that was the time of amazing that you know that that experience and not just being on the field but the experiences visited with the club um people that i met randomly that i still chat with on whatsapp i think and chris has met a couple of them via whatsapp connection um the club itself doing a museum tour um and it was a they weren't doing public tours that day but then when they found that i was from the detroit area they're like hey do you want 10 minutes we'll show you the locker room we'll show you the field we'll show you the touchline got the sense in hinty stall and it was they didn't charge me for it. They wanted to give because they appreciate the fact that you're a fan from here. Um, it really goes a long way. So um, and just that led to obviously people have met from different. Chris obviously met met you for that, and then the great folks in Austin, Nathan, and you know uh, my friend in Cincinnati, originally from Frankfurt, Thorsten, who was in town for the Europa League final, which. It's still crazy that it feels like yesterday, yet it was four months ago, um, but leads us to now. So it's been a fun ride and it's going to get even more exciting. Yeah. So for those that that haven't followed, if you're in Michigan or in the Detroit area, you can usually find Garrett, myself, uh, or one of the two of us at the Detroit City Clubhouse in Lafayette Park uh, for Detroit City uh, with their training facility there, uh, there's a nice bar there. That's where we watch most of our Frankfurt matches, uh, some of the Champions League or other cup competitions during the week. You'll probably find us at McShane's in Corktown, uh, but that's all on social media. Garrett, you run our local Detroit account. Give that a shout. Yep. Um, shout out to our Twitter account at Detroit SGA, um, all one word. Um, the account SGA Day Adler. Um, Chris with the uh, modifying of the name and um, we'll be, we just have the 20. Yeah. (laughs) um, As a fellow dad joke and pun extraordinaire. And if any one of my Detroit city fan, our fan friends are watching this podcast, they're just going to shake their head because they know I've been dropping them lately. Like it's hot. Um, The, uh, but no, it's been so over there. And then personally I'm on Twitter at GM Comats. Awesome. Now let's get down to Frankfurt business here. Uh, Hell yeah. So much good stuff to get into today. We're going to get right after it. Eintracht Frankfurt 3, VFA Stuttgart 1. You know, we got to give them one. Otherwise, no one would believe it was Frankfurt that showed up, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If anything else, this match for me solidified one thing. We are better as a back three team especially with Makoto Hasebe back there. We lined up with Indika on the left, Hasebe in the middle, Tuta on the right. I think Tuta is far more comfortable being on the outside than he is pushed into the middle. Uh, in the midfield, Kanauf, Sao, uh, Rota, Jokic, Gota, Kamada, and Kola Mulani, uh up front. What do you think of that back three? Is it a permanent thing, or do we still have to flex based on how much the old man can run out there for us? I think the back three um, shown in these last two matches is probably our should be our number one team shape. Um, I can definitely see Glasner maybe doing a shift once in a while in shapes, depending on matchups later in the year and wherever we go. But for right now, for how we play the game, um, I agree with the back three, especially with Tuda as a wide center back. Um, as someone who's very comfortable with the ball, um, the first goal even was just Tuta had the ball for a second or so, looked like he might go along the channel, along the wings, and then he decided to take a couple steps with a great little low ball kind of inside in the front, which started the movement, um, which led to uh, Kamada getting fouled um, in the fourth minute. But, uh, but I feel Hasabe... He just popped in like we're saying people are saying, you know, don't expect much. He's played two full 90s back to back games, two games in three days. And he looks like he's not even missing a beat. And I think he's that calm, composed energy for Tuta. And it also like gives Indica a little bit of a spark, too. So it helps uh, Hasebe in the middle to have two very reliable defensive players in Rhoda and so back there who can easily slot in there as a fourth center fullback when needed. Um, you know, when, we, when we're when we under a lot of pressure, those two guys are as experienced as anyone else on the pitch defensively, and they really showed up big time against Stuttgart. 
Absolutely. I think um, it is the progression of Gibraltar so from when we um, signed him summer of 2019 to now is absolutely outstanding because um, you're seeing as these um, every game's pass and everything, his confidence level on the field is tremendous. Um, and he covers so much ground. Um, I think that like the stat that really blew my mind about Jibril So in this match on Saturday was the amount of ground he covered. Twelve. Um, I was taking a look at the Bundesliga app uh, review stats. Twelve point two kilometers distance run for that match. Um, far and away he's the not best. A wing. That's no. That's the impressive part for that kind of distance covered in the middle of the pitch. Generally, is outstanding. You expect that from a Canal for a, a Jakic. Uh, Kamada, but up the middle, those yards don't come easy. Absolutely. And then you got, you have Sobe in that back and forth engine, and then Sebastian Rhoda, um, you know, the awareness, the way he he's using his skills, he's using his time played as to get advantage. Like the first, the go- opening goal uh, by Rhoda off the Kamada set piece, Kamada with a free kick shot, forced to save that parried. Uh, bounced out to Rhoda, who I think was in just either in the middle of the center box or just a little bit out. Just ripped an instinctual header. He saw that the goal, he saw that Stuttgart's keeper was giving him a little bit of space um, on the far post with the header, and it was just a smart traction and in. And you know, two goals this season already. I know uh, the commentator for that match was already talking highly about his XG being the second highest behind uh, Cameron Becker from Union Berlin. But it's he's already being that that grit on the field, and it's great to have him back on the field after he missed out um, missed out against uh, Wolfsburg and also missed out against uh, Sporting. I agree. Hey, uh, we're we're definitely a better club uh, when Sebastian Rota's out there and when he's healthy. You just gotta keep him in a glass case when he's <laughs> not on the ball, because I swear he just I don't know. It, it's tough because you see so. He's a he's a vocal leader, and obviously he plays really well when he's out there. Um, but you don't see it a lot. It's rare that he provides a goal like that. Uh, he'll have a couple defensive stops, but he's that guy where you determine how well he played based on how dirty his uniform is, based on how messed up his hair is. I mean, yeah. when you see him just covered in dirt and blood, you know he had a good match. But you're like, where's he been for 90 minutes? I barely noticed him out there. And yet you go back and watch the details. He's involved with almost every single play. And yeah. it's it's great that he's healthy. It's no accident that our turn in form has occurred since he's been back. Um, let's talk about another guy in this match that was outstanding. For me, maybe his best match with Frankfurt, Daichi Kamada, coming up with a huge goal after the half. Um, you know, it, it was a set piece. Uh, deflected, but they all count the same. You know, he, he had to put the ball where he did, and sometimes you get lucky. He's had plenty of of pretty goals in right place at the right time, but, you know, this was his opportunity. We Hockey fans call it puck luck. Uh, he's deserved some of that, and I thought this was one of his better games. He probably could have had uh, even more than he did in this one. I think it's amazing to see how like the year, I think the one players that might have benefited the most from us winning the Europa League and then getting an added spark with some of the signings we've brought on, the Daichi Kamada's taken that next step. I feel like because he's he's already got what four goals in the league. Um, he's already has he's played great in the Champions League. You could say he had could have had maybe one or two again, even in Mars in the game in Marseille. And the funny thing is, it's not him being in a set position so far this year. I mean, we've seen Kamada, when when they've been rotating in the central mid, Kamada's played in a six. When um, it's been the 4-2-3-1 shape, Kamada's been on the left side of, a four, of the middle three. Um, he was one of the, when they briefly did that 3-3-2-2 at Hertha, he was one of the two attackings. And then, so he's been on the left side of attack. The thing is, is, Glas- uh, Oliver Glasner, I feel like out of everyone, 
trust Daishi Kamada enough to know that I don't need to just put him in a one single position. I think I, he can put him almost anywhere in a spot. And the way he's playing right now, he's going to give you either a goal, maybe an assist, or at least he's going to make it give you a chance for the attacking for our attacking unit to, you know, create issues for the opposing team. So it's it's fantastic to see right now, and it's really you know I'm very optimistic to see what the even the further progression of Comet this season. Yeah, I think he's a player who does well with less structure around him. He's a very creative player, one of our better short passing players, and once in a while he'll throw a long one out of nowhere that is right on the foot um, of a streaking player on the wing. But I just really think uh, the way Glasner's system allows for him to be creative is actually when when Comeda Island was a thing with us the last few years, one of our oldest bits on this show, it was based on the fact that he overthought everything he did. He'd take a bad touch and then not recover from it, or too many touches that put him behind when he had a clear shot at the goal. Um, you're seeing him be, number one, more aggressive, and number two, very deliberate with what he does. And the results are showing, um, because when he scores, we're putting up not just one goal in a close match, we're putting up three plus goals in matches where he's um, contributing. So if he, if we can find a way to keep him involved, keep him engaged the way he is, uh, that's only good for Frankfurt. And let's jump ahead. Uh, Stuttgart tried their best to keep it interesting, scoring one in the 80th or so minute, um, bring it back to two one. But um, I think we did a good job of not panicking still having a, a subs available at that point, uh, bringing Indica down, Smolchich coming in. Um, you know, there's a drop in talent there, but I think we, it's important that Smolchich gets these looks uh, in close matches in league play. I think he's a part of the future for this club. And unless we're going to send him out on loan somewhere, this is an opportunity to bring him in and say, hey, we're going to give you important minutes, do something with it. And then Frankfurt does um, another one off a set piece. I, I don't remember the exact stat. Uh, maybe you do, Garrett. Uh, we're the most lethal team in the Bundesliga so far from set pieces, uh, corners, free kicks, the like. Uh, yeah. and, and it's not even close by a mile, the most productive team from set pieces. And we did again on a corner with Christian Jakic uh, finishing off with a header. Uh, yeah, all three goals uh, in, on Saturday were from set piece uh, type uh, plays, and you know Jakic with a thunderous header. I mean, there because when Stuttgart cut it to uh, made it one two, they were really they were trying to impose their will on the game. But they, but you can t- you can tell a team like Stuttgart right now who's only had two draws. Oh no, they've only had yeah. I think they've. They've drawn every game that they've had, with the exception of one before this. But you can tell that that team is not fully confident enough to maybe, when they have those opportunities to push, to maybe equalize it. You know, they weren't getting it. They weren't hitting them on target, you know. And also, I think Kevin Trapp imposed his will when they had there because Kevin Trapp covers his ground as a goalkeeper almost better than anyone in the world, in my honest opinion. So I think that helped out. But even though, again, three goals on set pieces, but another thing, like, about how we play the game, you know, set on, like, set pieces open play. Yeah, we had 44% possession compared to Stuttgart's 56, but there were 13 shot attempts by Fra- uh, Frankfurt on that Saturday. Eight of them hit target. Eight of them. More than 50%. So, um, as opposed to Stuttgart hitting two on target and 13 off. Yep. This is, this is the third match in a row after some really frustrating um, matches where our spray chart was all over the map. This is the third one in a row where more than 50% of our shots were on target. And that means a lot as far as production. It means you're, you're not just, you know, shooting them off into the breeze hoping to catch a good wind. Uh, there's some deliberate shot attempts being made. There's some quality set pieces resulting in re- um, 
positive results. That's the kind of stuff we have to see going forward. You can tell a lot looking at that at that shot chart and not just what direction they're hitting the target. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but the angles they're coming from. Uh, we only had three shots from outside, forty five degrees from center, and both of those were inside the box. So absolutely, very very well thought out offensive scheme. Now, granted, uh, I don't think I'm the only one to say we're a far better team than Stuttgart. This is a result yeah. we should expect. Um, but it's the Bundesliga. It's the Moody Diva. <laughs> We've seen it's, some, it's, some a, weird it's a game happen. three days. It's a game after a midweek um, in a Champions League when you have a big win. Are you going to yeah. have the let? Are you going to have the letdown that we might have seen last year, like the Balkum away match last year after the convincing home win against Olympiacos? Or are you going to take the next step to show that hey, we are for real? Um, you ha- you have to win these type of matches, and you can say I think that they did that comfortably. Yeah, it was one three, and maybe Stuttgart made it a little bit interesting. But I also say that we could have had more than three on Saturday. It it was uh, definitely a ninety minute match for us. We scored in the first ten, we scored in the middle ten, and we scored in the last ten. Um, right. You know that doesn't mean we played perfect the whole way, but we were effective for all three segments of the game. And for me, you can't ask for a lot more. It's been a tough schedule. We're going to talk later in the show about how hard it's about to be. Uh, But 3-1, going into an international break, can't ask for more than that, right? Yeah, not only that, too. Here's another fun fact, which some people are like, I might be joking. Seven matches played by all teams in the Bundesliga. Top three teams in most goals scored. Bayern Munich with 19. um, Union Berlin, top of the table. With 15 and our um, immediate opponents, Eintracht Frankfurt third, 14 goals scored. We are a th- we are a threat to any team that we either has to come to Deutsche Bank Park or that has to host us because we're just as comfortable on the road as we are at home. We might even be more comfortable on the road. I feel like right now, maybe it's just me saying that, but I feel like. When Frankfurt are away from home and all the matches I've seen across all competitions, it's been at least a consistent performance. You know, I'm going to agree with you on that. I think because of all the European matches we've played at home the last few years, um, all the attention we've gotten for how tough it is to come into Deutsche Bank Park and play in front of our fans, I think some of that pressure has turned on us a bit. And maybe there's just more of a comfort going on the road. Here in Detroit, we wear shirts that say Detroit versus everybody. I kind of feel like like Eintracht Frankfurt has that when they go on the road. Just that chip on the shoulder to say, hey, you know, we're not just, it wasn't an accident. We won that European competition last year. It's not an accident that we play better on the road. We go on these business trips and we mean business when we go. And I'm going to agree with you. Maybe the the struggles at home come off of some of that pressure, getting to them a bit. Um, but definitely a road win uh, against Stuttgart and the point that it happened in the schedule is a big deal. And let's look at that a little bit further. Um, with the international break here, uh, we have a lot of players traveling around the world to compete in international play, some in friendlies. Uh, some in UEFA Nations League play. Um, let's start with one that was played today. Uh, a phenomenal performance from Daichi Kamada, a match played in Dusseldorf. Uh, he played for Japan against the United States. Um, you know, I'm a homer here. It kind of sucks that the U.S. lost, but, I, you know, it's a friendly. It doesn't matter. It, it's a tune-up for the World Cup. But Daichi Kamada with a nice goal. Put him up, Japan up 1-0. And honestly, he could have had two or three in that one. He played really well. Uh, not having to travel travel is probably helpful for him. Uh, the old man, Makoto Hasebe, traveled with the Japanese national team in Germany, uh, being an ambassador for them. He didn't dress for the team. But, man, for all the years he put in with the Japan squad, I think he was at three World Cups. I'm probably wrong on that. but uh, um, uh, Outstanding. I think- yeah. Um, yeah, I think he was 
10, 14, and 18, I think for sure. I don't I don't know if he was on the squad that went to Germany. About 114 caps for your country. Um, you know, you've earned, you know, a legend status, um, you know, for Japanese football, especially for, um, I think, helping continue to pave the road this day for Japanese footballers in Germany. Um, not just Deichi Kamada, but um, some of the others that play, I think, uh, and though for uh, Stuttgart and um, even a lot of the Japanese players you see in Scotland, like I know we 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 know a fair amount of Celtic fans here who have been some of their best talent is was on uh, Japan's team today, and I think we also need to commend because I was talking about Kamada playing multiple positions. He was a, one of the two strikers in the four four two today, which once again, if versatility, you need to pin him somewhere. You can put them up there next to Milani or even if a, a Bore or a Lario, if they come on. He's quickly becoming dependable. Somebody joked that, you know, he's on his way to the golden boot in Qatar. I'm not <laughs> ready to put that out there yet. Uh, but he's, he's a fairly important piece of that Japan team. Uh, they're in a tough group with Spain and Germany. I don't think they'll have any problems with Spain. They're a dumpster fire right now. Uh, but let's talk about Germany for a minute. They were in UEFA Nations League play today. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, Kevin Trapp did not get the start. I don't understand why the best goalie in the world is on the bench for Germany. I'm not a German national team fan, um, but they lost to Hungary in Nations League play today. And that's just not good. It's an interesting situation when your group A in UEFA Nations League is Hungary, Germany, Italy, and England, um, you have, um, you know, Ter Stegen starting, which I don't want to, I kind of don't want to know. I wonder if it's similar to like, uh, you know, I know a lot of, um, with like the English national team, the guys that are on the big clubs get the feature more so than maybe the more consistent players on like a mid-level team. Um, so is it because Ter Stegen is a goalkeeper for FC Barcelona if he's going to get that over trap? I don't know. Um, but that makes me think because I've seen so many similars of that. But for the fact that you have, you know, England, the, you know, World Cup semifinalist, Euro, Europa, Euro runner-up, um, relegated from the UEFA Nations League. My friend, uh, my friend James is, you know, probably a little crestfallen. Losing his mind. <laughs> um, absolutely. And then that's even before the world, you know, World Cup. You have Italy who won the Euro, but somehow didn't, you know, capitalize on that momentum and lost to North Macedonia in the playoff. So they're not in the World Cup. They finished second in that group. Germany finishes third, a win, three draws and a loss. And Hungary, out of five games in Nations League, three wins, one draw, one loss. That will even include, I think, they won 4-0 at England in June. They won in Germany. They drew against Germany. Their only loss was the first, uh, was the, um, they actually beat England twice. And their only loss in that Nations League was Italy. So, Hungary's you know, it's been a, tough for years. They, they really have. They've snuck up on a lot of people uh, in European competitions the last few years. And they got some good players, too, going yeah. on, you know, featuring. Several in of the, them from the Bundesliga. Yeah, um, you know, uh, Galachi was in goal for them. Um, they have a uh, Shalai. Uh, they used to have an old name for Mainz, Adam Shalai, playing up top. Um, Zizel Bezel, who I believe he played. Yeah, he plays for Leipzig. So a fair amount of every Leipzig players. Um, a couple of them are on that squad. Vili Orban as well. So you know, it'll be interesting to see if with the, if this Nations League is just like random one-offs for European teams, or is it a form of that they can develop consistency where you might see some changes um, or surprises in like a European qualification, in a World Cup qualification. I don't know. Um, would I love to see Kevin Trapp, you know, get an opportunity to be in goal for um, the German national team? Absolutely. But when you have, if Manuel Neuer, the, until Manuel Neuer has a uh, absolute faux pas, more than one faux pas, or he's hurt, and they give Trap the chance over Ter Stegen. I don't know if we're going to see it. That's fine. I don't mind him remaining our secret, honestly. Absolutely. Uh, he, Absolutely. He's, he's proven his value, and if nobody 
domestically uh, for sorry for their international team wants to recognize it. That's on them. Um, yeah. No, no more, uh, no bigger loss, honestly, than one of arguably the best keepers in the world uh, sitting on the bench. But maybe whatever. the most, maybe the most consistent goalkeeper playing in um, European football right now to me is Kevin Trapp. Yes. yes. As far as, you know, in, in baseball, it's that war line wins above replacement. Uh, nobody does it better than Trapp. But uh, moving on, Randall Kolomuani makes his debut for France. Uh, it was kind of a short appearance for him, but he is officially a French senior international now. That's awesome for him. And Saturday, uh, Rafael Santos Bore will play for Colombia at Guatemala. I don't know if that's a competitive match or a friendly. Friendly. Um, friendly? Okay, good. Hopefully he stays healthy over there. That travel... Last time he made that trip, um, it was not friendly to him when he got back. He was just tired legs and slow for yep. a, a few weeks coming back. So we're going to talk about in a few minutes why we can't have that happen again. So that's uh, most of the international roundup there. A couple other guys on uh, under-21 teams, um, but that's most of the senior guys that we, we covered there. Um, before we go into our break, uh, my favorite segment, hashtag, what are we drinking? Uh, Garrett, you are my sober neighbor at the bar. Um, but what have you been drinking lately? Uh, what, what delicious, uh, Fago product are you getting your hands on or high quality coffee are you drinking? Uh, n- not coffee right now. My last coffee that I had was actually at my credit union. Um, late credit this unions have good coffee. Um, they had a nice, you know, I applaud the credit union having like a thermos of hot coffee ready to go for people to walk in. So that, I thought that was quite impressive. Better than shout nothing, out our, right? Shout out to all our credit union for all our Southeast Michigan friends in the uh, Oakland County and Macomb County areas. Um, right now I got a combination. I got a pint glass of water, um, and a can of, uh, real sugar Pepsi. So, um, I may have a Zevia. Later on, when I watch uh, AEW Rampage, because um, also I still pro wrestling fan that hasn't escaped my childhood. But um, also coffee during the mornings, uh, a Fago product uh, at matches at Keyword Stadium. So um, you know, more of the same as Chris knows over over the years. Awesome. Uh, the Fago is on me tomorrow night at Keyword. Yes. If you don't know what Fago is, you're missing out. It's like, yeah. Anyway, we'll get into that on our own separate uh, Twitter rants. So myself tonight, I am cleaning out the fridge. We went from 92 degrees on Wednesday to a high of 59 in Michigan yesterday. Um, So I'm cleaning out the refrigerator of all things seltzer and summer drinks. I've got a fantastic three drink lineup here. I didn't know Sonic had a line of seltzers based on, you know, how Sonic does like a hundred million flavors of slushies. They They're have in the seltzer business now. They put their name on everything. Uh, Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got a cherry limeade Sonic seltzer that I found in the back of the fridge. It literally, if I threw it over ice or, or blended in, in some ice, it would taste just like Sonic slushy. I've got oh, a God. really shitty, um, apple spice, uh, apple spice seltzer from truly that's garbage but the truly classic lime seltzer that's delicious it's a seltzer night cleaning out the fridge uh it's whiskey season for me as soon as Oktoberfest ends and i get the the winter uh or the fall beers out of the way before winter i switch over to whiskey season so i'm looking forward to that one in the coming weeks what are you uh, going to have at uh, Keyworth tomorrow night? Are you going to go totally do, or are you just going to hit Brew Detroit up? You know what? I I love to share my beverages from Keyworth because I would argue we have the best stadium beer lineup in professional soccer, uh, at least second division soccer in the U.S. I'm probably going to go with some of the Brew Detroit. Uh, what am I going to do tomorrow? I See, I'm, I'm always superstitious. If I drank it and we won last week, I got to do the same thing this week. Um, you weren't you were not I there wasn't last there for week the in there, so yep. there, I, yeah. I, I wasn't at the match last week, but the last match we won, I was drinking Unstoppable. So that's Ooh. probably what I'll stick with tomorrow. 
if they got Smoke Delay Oscura, which I believe was one of them that I gave you in January, yes. go for it. Actually, not smoke right. the Rey, uh, yeah, but Cerveza uh, <laughs> del Cerveza del Rey. Cerveza del Rey. There we go. Yep. Yep. All right. So wherever you, wherever you're drinking, for whatever reason you're drinking, we say to you, prost. Prost. We will be back segment two in just a minute. Welcome back. Segment two, Hey on Track Frankfurt, episode 239. Chris in Detroit, Garrett in Detroit, just a few miles up the road. Uh, Garrett, uh, not just one Frankfurt match last week, but two. The Frauen, the Frankfurt, Eintracht Frankfurt Frauen open Bundesliga play against Bayern Munich. A home match at the Deutsche Bank Park, and 23,000 fans showed up. Tell me again why we're not hosting more matches there and why it's important. Garrett, well, let's use your expertise here. Um, you're an investor in Detroit City FC, as I am, and we have seen the power of a strong backing to a women's club propelling them. Um, here in Detroit, our, our women's team, which is at a semi-professional level, is drawing equivalent numbers to the NWSL at the professional level. Um, the following in Frankfurt is extraordinary for the men. It's growing for the women. For 23000 to show up for that match, wouldn't you love to see them play more in that stadium and get more attention they deserve? Absolutely. I think it's, it's a great sign to see that some of the significant growth of the, of the women's, uh, women's soccer um, in the world has been in Germany, especially over the years with, you know, obviously you could talk about, you know, Wolfsburg in the years and, you, and Frankfurt's got to be up there. Um, the players that um, have been playing for, whether it's for Germany, whether it's for Austria or whatever the rest of the international squads that you see, but also not just the, the fan fandom. You know, we already have a reputation for a rabid, passionate fan base in Europe for the men. It's fantastic to not only see that for the women from the fans, but also for the club. The, what was it, the day of the match on last Friday when they talked about the, it's not just men's football team or women's football. It is one, it's Frankfurt altogether. It yes. is you're seeing it more. You're seeing it a lot more in the branding now. Uh, they're yeah. they're tweeting from the same accounts frequently. Mm -hmm. They're sharing Instagram feeds from time to time. Uh, yep. This this is the progression of FFC Frankfurt and Eintracht merger becoming a full fluid um, dynamic club that supports both teams as it should. And the ladies did not disappoint in the first outing um, at home in front of 23,000, uh, a fantastic, I think opening to the season ends up in a nil, nil draw, but it was anything but boring to be honest. Um, Frankfurt opens Nico are not so this is a three, four, two, one. Nope. I lied. <laughs> I'm looking at my wrong, uh, my wrong lineup there. There we go. Uh, uh, 41212. I wrote it down wrong there. Um, they did the diamond. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing against Bayern, who flexes a really strong uh, top end, the diamond was ineffective. And it was it was more flat. It, it, we had Laura Frygame playing, playing a little higher, Prashnikar a little farther back on the left side. Um, but for a 0 0 match, this was exciting beginning to end. Um, both teams hitting double digits on shot attempts. Frankfurt blocking a ton of shots from defenders. Uh, three shots on target for each. But I tell you, there were four or five quality, quality scoring chances for Frankfurt. If Bayern thought that they were going to come in 
and show Frankfurt that last year was an anomaly where the two teams played fairly level. This was anything but that. Um, Prashnakar was strong. Laura Fragging was frustrated because she was not getting um, getting the finishing that, that I think she deserved. Um, but really a strong performance to start the year against a great team. Uh, Stina Johannes and Nett, um, absolutely outstanding. A couple world-class saves. A couple, couple interesting, um, how do I say it? A distribution can be worked on. She's young. She's right. tw- she's 22, but she's got 30 caps and four professional seasons with SKSS. And, uh, so she's familiar with the Bundesliga. She's familiar with the German game. It, distribution will come. It'll get better. Um, but to take a team like Bayern scoreless after a really frustrating exit in Champions League play, uh, 21 matches left in the regular season, to tie on match day one against Bayern Munich is not bad at all. Agreed. Um, and, you know, a couple opportunities to get some points these next few matches. Freiburg at Freiburg on Sunday. Um, home to Werder Bremen um, the following Sunday at Essen, um, who are going to probably, uh, right now, Essen are bottom of the table um, after a nil 4 um, versus Wolfsburg. So um, it's a good opportunity to, you know, see how the women progress over the season, um, especially, you know, this is a great, you know, nil nil, but you know, it's a great, great result against a great team. So can you progress further from that? Um, and, you know, on the next step, I will also commend um, just because I know a lot of the historic Frankfurt kits uh, this year's women's black with the white stripe, uh, white sleeves. I've seen it's done in the past, like with the red kits with the white sleeves. I think even in the, um, the famous game in Glasgow from 1960, the men versus Real Madrid. So I like that kit this year. I don't know what uh, everyone saw us, but I thought it was it's a really cool kit. So yeah. I've got one on the way. Uh, it's a oh, good nice. looking kit. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, you know, what's interesting is the early exit from the Champions League in dramatic form against Ajax. And then they had to sit around, not just like for a week. Uh, there was a Pokal match uh, a couple weeks ago, but you know a seven nil win there against a third division team, whatever. Really, for a competitive match, they had to wait three weeks after a dramatic loss in the Champions League. It would have been easy to come out flat, like the men's team did against right. Bayern. You know, after after a tough loss um, in the Super Cup, to come out as flat as they did on match day one against Bayern, I would have believed that possible here. Um, and I thought the fact that they came out strong and they mostly carried the play in the second half, uh, for me, that's outstanding. Like you laid out the schedule there, points to be had. If you're taking one point against Bayern, we got matches coming up in a few weeks against Wolfsburg in early December. Uh, take any points you can get off those and then just pack them away against the lower teams. There is not a match in our 22-game schedule this year that I fear. That is how right. confident I am in this team, in this coaching staff, that they're going to get it done. So and, yep. we'll have more on on uh, them coming up next week, and uh, and we're going to get back to business there because it's another international weekend for the men's team. Um, but we're going to talk about the men's schedule a little bit here. Uh, when they come back, let's get into this because it's – I mean, it's going to get busy. This is two-week window here where everyone needs to relax, catch their breath, because when we get back October 1st against Union Berlin, it is two matches a week, every week through November 13th when we start the World Cup break. Are we going to be able to keep up, and what, what is the secret to keeping things organized when we get back? I think the first, it's going to honestly be a one, I would treat this as a one match at a time approach um, because these are the type of games and the run where it's it, as much of it is talent, uh, skill, shape, tactics, form plays a massive part too, I think. And this is a great, we come into the international break with two quality wins. And now we're going to come back into the international break at home versus an Union Berlin team who have impressed the hell out of me. 
um, watching them this year from what I've seen. Top of the league, um, 15 goals scored, four allowed in seven games. Four. That include four. <laughs> and, that, and, four. But, and, you know, you could say – allowed they, four you, and a half against Bayern. You could talk about, yeah, they played some tough – they played maybe some weak teams. Uh, nil-nil at Mainz who have been, who've made it tough on teams. They've beaten Leipzig, dominated that first half against Leipzig in my opinion, put six on Schalke, gave Bayern everything they can handle. They won in Köln, um, and, you know, they put two-nil in Wolfsburg. Because, and part of it probably has to do with they've had some maybe two frustrating results in Europa League and then have had a match in the Bundesliga to take out their frustrations. They, what works for us for us as Frankfurt fans here in this stage is they're not going to have that. They're going to come right in. I don't know how many of Union's squad had international duty this week, so that might be something to take a look at. Um, but a home match, top of the team, is that does uh, the Moody Diva take the night off, let us go and be like, hey, this is a big night. Show for it. Go for it. Absolutely. But you know what? That's just the start of the big matches. Yeah. There's an interesting stretch for me uh, from late October to the first day of November where we play Marseille at home, which is going to mm-hmm. be supercharged. Uh, the information that came out, the penalties that came out from FIFA and UEFA today, um, Frankfurt should be not too affected. Uh, based on the antics that occurred at the match at the Velodrome a couple weeks ago. Uh, We were looking at a potential ghost match, but um, I think the club did a decent job of handling some things internally, and the fact that a larger penalty was suspended as long as everyone doesn't act up. Okay, I hope if anybody hears this in in the city limits on the mine, um, if we act up again... We're going to be playing a ghost match. So let's not do that. I know yeah. we want to beat some head, some people over the head with beer bottles. Let's skip that right now. Okay? Let's keep yeah. it on the pitch. What, uh, I'm going to briefly to get an idea what Chris was talking about. For, here's a run of matches we have just from October 1st to November 1st. Union Berlin at home, Saturday, October 1st. Three days later, home to Tottenham Hotspur. Um, almost a lot of their squad international talent. I don't know. I didn't see who they're playing. Oh, they got they got the North London Derby um, on October first. Yeah, um, and they're going to be coming off a game against home to, at Sporting Portugal, where Sporting Portugal proved that that three 0 win against us in match day one was no fluke. They ran Spurs off the pitch in a two 0 win. Two goals scored the last five minutes. Then we go to VFL Balkum with a manager change. Just got their first points. Um, over the weekend, a tough place to play, as we've noticed last year. And I think both times we played them, they were a difficult out. Then we go to North London, Tottenham Hotspur, um, that'll be, which may suit our game. It's about playing the counterattack. And then we're home to, home to Bayer Leverkusen. What Bayer Leverkusen team is going to show up? But also they're ha- having Champions League football. Then a break from midweek Champions League because we'll be going to Stuttgart to play Stuttgart at Kickers. Now, let, let's pause here. Let's pause here for a second. Is this a bring in the reserves, bring in your your second team? Are we taking that off and assuming we have the talent against a far lesser club? Or is this one of the Magdeburgs that can jump up and bite us in the ass? I think you can do – this is what you – I think you can make a couple changes – in the mid in the match against Leverkusen, because Leverkusen may do a little bit of rotation too, um, like one or two people there, and then you slot one or two. I think you still do a mid strong, uh, heavy mid heavy strong, like medium heavy strong is what I mean. Yeah. Line up against Stuttgart or kickers. Maybe this is where you put in a small small for us. Bingo. Uh, yeah, an Aladu, um, a. Lucas Alario, yeah, um, one of those, or yeah, Eric Mbembe, who I think has, who's shown some glimpses of quality in the move. Um, if Luca Pellegrini's healthier lens, that's a good one for him too. So I think you can, I think you mix it. I think you have the good talent. 
But if you want to progress, it's that. You have to keep that mindset. I love the mindset we had at Magdeburg in the Pokal to start things off. Um, let's see if we can keep that going. Um, also, we'll be curious to see if we go black kit uh, black kit or red kit um, for that. But we'll discuss that sooner and there. Um, and then Mooch and Gladbach away, um, who are – they've proven to be on at times. Um, they've drawn at Bayern. They've had – Wiped, uh, you know, knocked the hell out of Leipzig 3-0. But they've also been inconsistent in finishing chances. So, you know, I want, you know, this for me still, I don't forgive Gladbach for two years, like a year and a half ago. But, you know, I think that we showed when we're motivated, we can get a result anywhere. So that'll be a good one. And then, you know, we host Marseille. This next three-game stretch here that we're about to get into, uh, for me, is the most important stretch before the pause. Um, Absolutely. Marseille, Marseille at home, Dortmund at home, and going to Lisbon to play sporting in a five-day window between October 26th and November 1. That is three days that can you know really make or break our feelings going into the long winter pause. Dortmund, who in the league have not – they're not the high-dominating scoring Dortmund we've seen – um, they've gotten results. Um, you know, they still have any team that still has um, Gio Reyna, Jude Bellingham, Marco, a healthy Marco Royce. Um, they can they can make things difficult. Um, Marseille. It'll be really interesting to see how the two Sporting Portugal Marseille matches turn out. Because right now in the Champions League, it's Sporting uh, top of the group of six. Uh, Frankfurt uh, Spurs second with um, three points with the goal difference. Then us uh, third also level on points. So we need, in my opinion, against Spurs, we need at least four out of six to at least get feel good about a two spot. If we get six points against Spurs, that puts us at nine after four. Um, and that really just all depends then on the sporting take two from Marseille, who currently have zero points in the group, or do they get enough out of those two games to, to where they come into Frankfurt and, you know, play like a team on a mission. So that will be really interesting to see where both teams are at coming into that match day. Um, and then go to Lisbon. Um, we know how they are now. We know how they play. I think, I think the being in Lisbon will be better for us because I think we had a lot of nerves in Frankfurt for that match. We still had some moments where we could have taken the lead but didn't. But when they got when Sporting clicked in the second half, like a switch was flipped so quick, and we know about that now. We've seen the Northern, and also for Sporting, is this going to be? You know, they. I think they're going for it right now in Champions League a little more than one in the league. I haven't seen the standings in the Portuguese league, but I know they were struggling before they played us. So where are they at, too, come November 1st? And it, we're not the only ones dealing with this busy schedule. Anyone that's playing in a European competition that's in a cup competition is going to face that. We've got 13 matches over the next seven weeks, and none of them are against bottom dwellers uh Balcom maybe yet to be right. seen i guess they've they've played a little stronger i think than some people expected but um there's no days off and we kind of knew that coming into this um i i totally messed that up i was thinking of uh Balcom is as bad as we expected them to be uh i was for some reason, thinking of Schalke, who I thought was going to be far worse than they actually have been. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, um, it's a busy schedule coming back. So this right. this 12-day window here of no competition is important for our guys. And for those... Even the last, yeah, even the last three, though. I mean, they're not as difficult as the three that you mentioned. But Augsburg away. Um, does Augsburg t- carry on after beating Bayern Munich? I mean... What? Um, Hoffenheim at home, who have the ability to bag goals. They got some players in there, but they've been a little. Um, are they going to be in a dangerous spot in the league? And then our dear friends, along, uh, 
on the way to V-Spot, and we go to Mainz uh, for the last match uh, before the World Cup kicks in. And Mainz, who are, you know, they've played well in almost every game that they've been in. Um, and I think they're trying to make that next push to either get a Europa League spot or a Conference League spot. So And they love not- to play against us. That they you know, that is their their biggest match every single year is the yeah. one against us. It doesn't matter if it's home or away, they give us their best shot. And it's gonna be a physical match yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um so we talked about uh, the 3-1. We talked about the nil-nil. We talked about the schedule coming up. Garrett, what are your predictions the remainder of the season? With the tough schedule here before the break and then an almost two-month winter pause, uh, how do you think the season will end up for Frankfurt? And what are our odds in various competitions? I think in the league, it's going to be a match-by-match dependency. Right now, I have some good optimism after the win in Stuttgart. Um, I want to see how we play against the top team in Union because I need to see also is Union just riding a great start to the league or are they actually like they've made steps. This is what their fourth year in the Bundesliga since they've been promoted and they've made gradual increases in the quality where they finish in the table year by year. So is this part of that progression or are we going to shut them down? And if we do that and continue that momentum, I, I'm knocking on my sort of wood desk. I feel like because I've seen enough Spurs matches to an extent in the league and sometimes that when they're not at home, they like to sit back too much. Um, and you saw what and the sport and this is what I'm seeing my thought on this based off of the sporting Spurs top in the match. I feel like we're at least going to get one of the two spots in the group for okay. Champions League. I would take I don't that. Know. I think anybody would take that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we're going to finish top, and that's just because Sporting are 2-0 and right now with a 3-0 win at Frankfurt and a 2-0 win versus Tottenham Hotspur. They're clearly um, the best team in the group, at least at this point. So if they get six points against uh, Marseille, go for second. Give a, um, uh, maybe you could pit first if you beat them November 1st. Um, I w- Pokal, I think we have a... We have a strong, we have a deep squad, but I think also too we have a, a we have as far as chemistry and motive. I think we have a, I think we have a solid cohesive group right now from what I'm seeing on the squad and the players. Um, I feel like with I feel like I'm seeing a lot of things too, and even though like Paciencia is gone, Timmy Chandler's become a really good mentor for Jesper Lindstrom, and I feel like that type of squad camaraderie in Hasabe with not just Kamada, but also Tuta, Indika, Smolcic. I feel like that that will help us as well in the Pokal with some of these games that we have. If we get a good round, th- if we get, say we get past Stuttgart or Kickers, if we have a good round three draw, I feel good about the Pokal too. The only thing that I'm not really certain about is where are we going to wind up in the league because I need to see how we do on a match-by-match basis. But around us in the table... I mean, Dortmund are right up there right now. Freiburg are right up there too. Freiburg are turning. Freiburg are, you know, Freiburg are also making great strides. Um, Hoffenheim are fourth right now, but are they going to stay there? Gladbach are sixth. Are they going to stay in there? Mainz is right below us. There's Köln. Um, you know, Augsburg are, Augsburg are higher on the table than Erbe Leipzig. Who would have thought that seven matches in? <laughs> so it's one of these. So, and these are some of the teams that we have to play. Um, we still have Balkum, Balkum or bottom right now, but again, they've made a managerial change, which means that you're going to have guys be like, I need that are starting to feel like I need to show this, my, this new boss that I'm worth starting on the 11. And then you're going to have guys on the bench being like, you know, this is my time. Let me show you what I can do for you. And if we are, if we turn up flat or close to as flat that we did last October, in Balkum, I'm scared for that match. But so I, I need your predictions. Where are we going to end up in our three competitions? Uh, you want me to go up until the World Cup break, or you want me to go end of se- uh, up no, until? Give me your end of season. And get put oh, on shit. your put on your hat, uh, your prediction hat. Look in your the, look in your crystal for ball. For those that 
for those that don't know at home, I already off the camera. I've given Chris a lot of hell for predictions, so he's. I know that he's <laughs> loving giving this back at me. Um, you also, for, by the way, you also predicted we would win a, a competition last year. So sar- everybody sarcasm, out there owes Garrett some uh, some thanks for winning that Europa Cup last year. Champions League, I think we progressed through to at least the round of the 16. Um, I need to see what the draw is for there. Um, I feel like a good draw in the round of 16 can get us to at least the quarters. And then from there, it's game, it's anybody game on. Because I think we're not in the, I feel like there's the top two or three hitters in the Champions League. Bayern, Real Madrid, Manchester City. Um but if they have a bad draw, if they have to face each other and we have a good draw, it's kind of like Europa League last year. We had good draws and then we had mixed that in with great results. So I think we'll get we'll be in the top two for the Champions League, in my honest opinion right now. Um, and I'd want to see who if when if we do that, I want to see who we get in the 16th. In the boot in the Pokal, I feel good about the Pokal. I kind of want to be like we I don't want to I you know I kind of want to be like I have a feeling of it's this is reminds me of that uh, being in the train car in the way back to the city center after beating Leipzig in the Pokal two years ago Berlin uh, Berlin Berlin Verfahren nach Berlin we have a thing in that competition where it's you know if you're not out in the first round you're going to the semifinal or further and yep. I kind of get that feeling again where we're just putting things together for some reason. I mean, we haven't yeah. played anyone up to our level yet, but when we do, I think we're going to be ready for that. What about the Bundesliga? How do you see that playing out? I'm going to say at the very minimum, at the very minimum, we're in a European spot. Um, this is going to be the mean medium mode theory. Um, at the very least, a uh, European spot. At the very at the medium ground, what we should attain for a top four Champions League spot. We're not. I'm not putting us as Deutsche Meister yet. Not at all. But I feel like we have the attacking power with this squad that not not there may be th- two or three other teams in the Bundesliga have currently. Am I? I don't know if I'm wrong in saying that, but I feel like that. Because it's not just attack up top. It's attack in the midfield. It's attack in set pieces. We can score goals in different ways. Can yeah. we keep the concession of goals? That's the to, big question right there. I to, mean, if you take out match day one, I think things look a little better on paper. But we're yeah, still the moody diva that cannot keep a clean sheet to save our lives. So two ga- yeah, Of the 13 we've allowed, nine of them were in two games. Six versus Bayern, three at Bremen. We also put four in the game against Bremen. So It all depends I, on how the defense holds up. So I feel like, very least, Europe, European spot, the media, the median, the thing that we, the thing that I can see confidently with the, barring any major setbacks, a fight for the top four. And if we ride form really, really well, Heligadiva von Line. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, Chris. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> you know, you, you were the first one to tell me we were going to win Europa Pakal last year. So uh, I will rule nothing out. <laughs> Garrett, thanks for joining me tonight. Uh, again, where can we find you on social media? Uh, social media, my personal is at GM Comats. That is my Twitter handle. That is my Instagram uh, handle also, too. Um, Garrett comments for those that still use Facebook for anything. Um, and then um, also the Detroit Frankfurt account at Detroit SKA. Um, all one word, SKA Day Adler. We know you're out there. There's plenty of them in, in Southeast Michigan. If you're the person I saw at Keyworth Stadium two weeks ago with that Frankfurt jersey on, uh, show up. I want to know who you are. <laughs> I want to we'll buy you a beer. Pu- <laughs> Hopefully see you tomorrow night um, for the, and also for those in the Southeast Michigan area that are looking for live football to watch, come, come to Keyworth. Good Chris product. and I are there. Um, you know, Hamtram- a great food scene in Hamtramck, a great footballing experience in Detroit City FC, uh, 7.30 Eastern tomorrow night. Um, and, you know, just you'll see it's a great experience whether you're just a fan for local, but also 
fan of just the game in general. How many different how many different club jerseys do you think you see on a game on a match day, Chris? Like thirty. When, Honestly, yeah, thirty. Yeah. So you know, and like I said, if you're if you're wearing you know if you're wearing the Schwarz Weiss und Rot, um, come see us. You know, I tend to be. Um, in the southern part of the supporter section, uh, Chris sometimes in the north, although sometimes he'll meet up with me in the south. But you know, you'll look for us. Um, we'll love to chat football with you, especially if you're if you're you know the Adler. Yeah. And we'd love to chat football with anybody. Get in contact with the show on Twitter at HEF Pod, Instagram. Matt does a great job with that account at Hey on Track Frankfurt on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash HEF Pod and the new www.hefpod.com. I uh, thank Garrett. I want to thank Tankard, our theme music, as always, Forza SGA by Frankfurt and Eintracht Legends Tankard. Find them at Tankard Official and www.reapermusic.de forward slash reaper. That does it, episode 239. Uh, we're going to take a little break during the, the next week of international play. We'll catch up with you next weekend uh, before we run into Union Berlin. Until next time, tschüss. Auf Wiedersehen. I'm knocking on my sort of wood. Hey, I'm trying to find you for a la 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 la. Hey, I'm trying to find you for a la 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 la.